Welcome back to another edition of the Bevo Boys. I'm Joe Scanlon. Creighton Branch is always on the other side of the mic. And guess what, folks? We did not lose this week. <laughs> I knew Bi wouldn't give us any issues. I hadn't seen nothing from them all year long. Terrible offense, terrible defense, easy dub for the Longhorns. What do you, th- Creighton? Yeah, we won. We won the bye week. We beat bye. I can't their believe defense, it. Their defense, their defense is Swiss cheese. <laughs> 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 it all comes together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's uh, I wish we could play them every week. I think we'd be just fine. <laughs> yeah, we'd just be be just fine at O and O. But yes, <laughs> folks, it was a bye week for the Longhorns, and uh, it was honestly a good a good time. It was a well timed bye week, actually. There's some 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 years we we get a bye week and we're like, no, no, we're hot, no, and then we come back and lose on the other side of the bye week. In this case. We needed this bye week after the last two games. Yeah, oh yeah. We won't go into them because we all know what happened. We all saw what happened. Cheese. It uh, was rough. Cheese. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about you know players getting healthy again over this bye week. A big one being Demarvin Overshawn. He was back at practice um, after suffering a concussion against Oklahoma State. Uh, we'll do a quick little preview for Baylor. As you may have listened to our last episode, we did kind of go into Baylor, and I confused Bryce Petty and Charlie Brewer, and I apologize to Bryce Petty for comparing him to <laughs> Charlie Brewer. And uh, <laughs> and then we'll end with some Texas basketball, because there's some big news for Texas basketball. And I dare I say, Crate, I'm excited for Texas basketball. And if yes. after what happened in March... I didn't think I'd be saying those words. Yeah, no, I mean, shout out to Chris. Like, probably the quickest turnaround of a of a program that I think I've ever seen in my lifetime, honestly. And uh, yeah, two weeks away from that. Oh, I'm I'm mean, we like I told you before the podcast, we are one great season away of Chris Beard from being Kansas. I was about to say, so. which, which Chris are you talking about there, Creighton? Because there's Chris Beard, and then there's our good friend, Chris Ogden. Oh, oh, yes. Chris Ogden, which, by the way, I was just on Twitter. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody doesn't know, I'm, we're, let's go, we'll go ahead and plug this, sure, because he's now officially part of the Texas Longhorn staff. Our good old assistant coach, Chris Ogden, is part of a, a whiskey distiller what would you call it he co-owns the whiskey distillery yeah okay and the whiskey distillery is called nine bandit anyways i'm on brian davis's twitter right now uh and anybody that doesn't know brian davis i'm sure everybody listening to this does he he's the writer for the austin statesman covers all the horn stuff anyways shout out to chris ogden gave everybody at the statesman some nine banded whiskey i'm in the wrong hey Chris, can we get some? Can we get some nine banded whiskey? I mean, gave I'll him take the cr- small. They they got the small batch, is what I'm reading here. The and small batch. That's that's if a anybody good, wants that's to, a good. If, if anybody wants to know any, I don't I don't know alcohol as good as Joe does, and not like that, but just just knows it better. <laughs> uh, it is ninety proof, <laughs> which I that's believe a good, is a lot. That's a good sip. That's it. Yeah, I mean, yes. If for for. 
with see there's like whiskey and then there's like bourbon like you got your irish whiskey your jameson's and stuff and and i'm sounding like a complete alcoholic right now but i'm not i swear uh but yeah 90 proof you could you could sip that you could you could throw in an ice cube and sip that on a nice summer day but now that it's getting cold i wouldn't do it at all i'd probably sip that neat next to a roaring fire and uh I, I, that's pretty, that sounds pretty good. I've been wanting to try it actually. I can't find it in Nebraska, obviously. But I oh mean, yeah, not a chance. I've wanted I've wanted to try it. So well, I'm pretty uh, sure it'll be it'll eventually uh, maybe be at the games now that everything now the alcohol. Oh, is, probably will be. Probably yeah. will be. Pro- so. which, which still baffles me. Nebraska doesn't sell alcohol at their games because God, you know, real quick, those Cornhusker fans they need it. They oh. need it. They need it after this year. My God, uh, it's 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 almost making me want to drink when I try to cover their games. But feel bad but yeah, for hey, them. Coach, coach, coach Joe. Hey, you, your friends from UT Arlington. You know we <laughs> yeah. we we gave good coverage to the Mavericks. If you're listening, please. We I'd love to try a bottle. Actually, like seriously, I would love to try a bottle. <laughs> Blended so, with limestone filtered water from the Texas Hill Country. That's fan- I love That's it. fancy. I like it. I love it. I love it. Let's get into this. So, bye week for Texas. People can get healthy. DeMarvin Overshawn, big key to this defense that, you know, like we said, geez. So, yeah. he was back in practice on Monday uh, after clearing concussion protocol following the, hit, what he, he, the concussion he suffered at the Oklahoma State game. Um this is huge for Texas, and I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how huge it is for Texas because he's he's been the leader of this defense this year. He's done, he's got a team leading fifty six tackles, and I think he's got like a pick maybe, or he's got I think he's got some forced fumbles. Yeah, no, like no. he he's making big plays on defense, and so for him to come back is great. But honestly. And this is for future, not right now, but for future. Jalen Ford, who came in to replacement, the sophomore, he impressed me. He had 12 tackles, 7 solo tackles, a tackle for loss, and he, you know, hurried Spencer Sanders, which, pretty good. So Yeah, I think he deserves to, like, get an opportunity to play alongside uh, in during the game with, like, DeMarvian. Or try to find, I don't know, or, like, or just get more snaps in general. Uh, because he, I mean, he looked really, I mean, he looked like he could easily start the way he played. It's one game, it's one game, but still, I mean, he was everywhere. Exactly, and when you look at other injuries too, Kitan Crawford still day-to-day with a hamstring injury, Luke Brockermeyer's dealing with a a hurt shoulder, um, so if Ford can step up and fill that spot that Brockermeyer's kind of leaving open, I mean... I, I think that helps the defense overall. Um, oh, also, yeah. a big thing we, we talked about last week and how is this Sark or is it Herman's players? Jalen Ford played one year under Herman. I don't think the poison got to Jalen, Creighton. I think Sark could take yeah. this sophomore class and mold it into what he wants along with the freshman and then uh, who he brings in here in 2022. Um so I th- I think it's it, it, the juniors and seniors are a lost cause. 
we, we went over that. There were a lot. <laughs> it sounds so bad, but they're a lost cause, and 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 so like I, I could see Jalen Ford stepping up and being a true leader on this team here, probably in this next year, twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, I would sure. I would I would say so. I really I really loved what he showed uh, during that entire game, and I think you're right. Uh, when it when it Athletic. comes to he was an athlete. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you, and you can see it, and it's like, I mean, that's how Texas should be. Like, I mean, they should have guys. They're they should like they're, they're guys that are just coming in to back up when we, when we get hurt. I mean, it should always be just kind of a plug and play situation. I mean, like we recruit as well as anybody. I mean, everybody gets tired of us saying this, but it's true. You know, we recruit as well as anybody, and those players that we bring in, I mean, it shouldn't be like a situation where your offensive line people get start getting hurt, and then you have an awful offensive line. I mean, you should be able to plug in every player and have the same effect that a Jalen Ford did. Like, every player should be able to step up. So, when it, when it comes to, like, the sophomores and freshmen, yeah, I mean, you would think that the future is uh, bright, and by future, I mean next year, because uh, I'm not giving it any more than that. Uh, we're not giving yeah. up hope yet. We're not giving up hope yet on this season, Creighton. We're only no, four and no, three. no. A lot. Of, you're right. A lot of things, and we're only two losses in the Big Twelve, and a lot of teams still have to play each other. We we uh, could somehow make the Big Twelve. I'm not gonna. Do I want to get yeah. our hopes up? Do I want to no. get our hopes up? <laughs> but but you're right. The cards have fallen for us before, and they could easily fall for us again. And it helps that. I mean, the obvious thing is you got to beat Iowa State. Uh, really, you gotta beat Baylor. Uh, you gotta uh, beat Baylor first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, it, but like those like between those two teams, like if you go one on one, obviously it's over. So uh, there's a chance. There's a chance we're not giving up hope on this season. But I, I do think that for the next year and uh, year after, uh, that he, with what you saw with Jalen Ford, I think Steve has made a pretty good impression. And I think he's trying to make a pretty good impression on all the players, uh, but especially with the guys that haven't had that much uh, development or coaching—not in a, not in a lack of, but just you know, just only a year of it. I think that Steve has done a really good job at uh, making you know sure that they are on the right track to success and being developed the right way. And, uh, I mean, you can see with other players, like a Jalen, I mean, Jalen, uh, like Xavier Worthy, same same thing. I mean, he's not, he didn't play last year because uh, he was in high school, but uh, as a freshman, I mean, look what he's doing, and he's un, he's he's only been coached by Sark, so there's two players right there, uh, Xavier, who is only coached by Sark, and then, like, a Ford, who really hasn't had that much playing time and one year under Tom and one year under Sark and he's already you know he's shown how good he can be so looks bright a lot of development that's that's what we've been missing for years and I'm hoping that's what Sark can bring to the Longhorns but let's like we said focus on Baylor Baylor's coming up Saturday and the Longhorns are two and a half point underdogs to the Baylor Bears uh game is in Waco at the toilet bowl um so (laughs) I like what? that stadium. You you like I, it? I, I actually don't mind it, honestly. It looks like a I think toilet. I, I think, That's what you call I, toilet. Oh, oh, 100%. But I, do think that <laughs> I, I think I like it because it's on the river. I think that's what gets me. See, so you could have had a much better design 
Like True. show off the river, dude. Like show off the river. They try. Hey, show. they tried. They tried real hard to show it off, but it just didn't. They they just kind of built it the wrong way. It's and so, it's it's okay. Well, because that was the whole point. Was like uh, this going too deep in the rabbit hole real quick for like thirty seconds. That was the whole point. <laughs> they wanted they when they built that thing, they were like, well, you get to do the walk, you know, across the river to the stadium, and now everybody makes fun of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> So that uh, is yeah. so sad. Cue, cue the cue the near my god to be again. Oh yeah. <laughs> now everybody again. makes fun of our stadium. <laughs> so four and three going up against six and one. And they're in second place in the Big Twelve standings. Uh undefeated home record, so hey the toilet bowl magic's working, I guess. Uh guess what? Eleven AM game. God, God you know what, man? You know God what? And you know what? I read a. I'm glad you. I mean, good that you brought that up. I just read an article today about Iowa State possibly being an 11 a.m. regardless of if a win or a loss. I can't. I can't what? do it. This is no, this is the most. No. 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 <laughs> Someone's got to do some investigating if we get another 11 a.m. game. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, this has got. This is definitely. We have definitely broken a record. I didn't. I, I wouldn't There's, have told you there that. There is a record. We three, have broken it. Yes. Three weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that. I'm positive now. Five. This will be the fifth straight game. Oh my god. Tech, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That Baylor. would be our entire Big Twelve schedule. Yeah, they ain't putting Kansas <laughs> in a night game spot. spot. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't putting Kansas State in a night game spot. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if Iowa State's also. If Iowa State's also a day, at 11 a.m. game, we're going to break the record for most 11 a.m. games in a row. Oh, they hate us. They hate us because they, they ain't us. They yeah. really do. You're right. They're, you're right. I mean, I guess four and three, they hate us because they ain't us. Well, they just, <laughs> they just hate Texas because we're, unlike, you know, Paul Feinbaum, uh, his beliefs. We are oh, yeah. relevant. We're, um, we're incredibly we're very relevant, relevant because yeah. we we literally we are four and three and we still stick in people's minds. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. It's like get over yourselves. Come on, like literally, <laughs> tech tech's five and three, and they fired their head coach. <laughs> like, what? Yes. What? Like, I know we're not, I know we're not gonna fire our coach because it's his first year, but like what? Like no, that's for real, incredible. Like, but um. But yeah, no, and I, and it's funny because it's right before their toughest stretch of the season too. So they're just like, yeah, you were gonna lose all these games. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they. I, I guess they thought it was gonna like get better. Not quite sure what that even. That was a wasted experiment. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm. It's hard for me to say that. I don't want to preview the game like too much because. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give one big point here. One yeah. big point. The Bears are number one in the conference in rushing offense uh, yards per game. They're averaging six six point uh, one yards per carry. Um, we talked about our front seven on the last podcast, and oh no, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Oh no, oh no. Um, if there's anything Texas has, the has to do, they have to stop the run. They've got to Saturday. stop the run. Well, what do they say in the NFL? You got to. Stop the run, and basically what you got to do is you got to run the ball, and you've got to stop the run. Like that's what needs to happen. Yes, I, that's the I, other point I, I was gonna make. You, God damn it, Sark, feed Bijan the ball. <laughs> it's if Don't, he doesn't, like if he doesn't, 
I don't think. I mean, I already said Texas might not. I don't. I don't think Texas will win this game. But uh, if he doesn't, then there's absolutely no way they win this game. It's got to happen. It's got to go through Bijan. A hundred percent. So, final prediction before this game, Craig. You can change the one you had last time. I forgot what your score. Was. Oh, you had Baylor winning by eleven. So now it's not changed. I did. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and stick with it. Okay. Because I as much as down, I forgot, I forgot to write it down. I guess. Oh, we'll, it's okay. Uh, I'm gonna we'll, change uh, the go score up anyway. Oh, you're gonna change the score up? Okay. I'll change the score up because I feel a little different. Uh, bye week suit <laughs> made me feel a little better, <laughs> but, but not too much. But um, I'm nervous about this Baylor team. Now, let's let let's get this on record too. I hope I am wrong. 100% hope I am wrong. I'm only I'm picking Baylor because I just feel like Texas is in a weird spot and they can't they can't seem to get out of it. And Baylor is just riding high. I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Baylor to win this game. But man, I hope I am wrong in every aspect. I hope Bijan runs over 200 yards, 28, 30 carries. And we win this game by eight or ten points, but I'm gonna pick Baylor to win this game. I think what's gonna happen is Baylor's gonna put up a lot of points, like like it's just usual against Texas. I mean, uh, I'm gonna say that they win this game 48 to 42. I think Texas is gonna be able to put up some points, but it's gonna be more. it's going to be more of a, I don't know how close it would actually, how close it's going to actually be at the end, but I'm going to say 48-42, and we're going to look back and wonder, why can't the defense figure it out? But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. I'm going to go 38-35, Texas. It'll be close. There you go. I think two and a half is uh, Vegas knows things. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to side with Vegas, but I'm going to have Texas coming out on top 38 35 so there's like the thing is with this game is like the keys to winning it are smack dab right in front of you steve sarkeesian and whoever else i mean i don't think it's that honestly i do not think it's that hard to figure out how to win this game run the ball with Bijan and then develop everything after that you know and then obviously to be fair casey's got to play better like a lot better so like that's gonna help too but like Xavier Worthy, it's great that he gets like 200 plus yards uh, and everything, and I love that. But like, you also you got to balance it out, or it's not going to work. So start with Bijan, let everything else open up. Do not overthrow people, Casey, and we'll be good. God, yeah, don't overthrow people, Casey. Sure, like that. (laughs) (sighs) I know. I hope. I hope, Ar- I hope Arch comes to Texas. I really do. <laughs> hey, he was at he was at Ole Miss. I wonder how oh, it went. Oh, was he? Oh, was he? Oh, he was, great. and the and the the, the co- it was coincidentally Eli Manning Day at the same time. So the t- so the end zones were painted with the last name Manning. So oh, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't for Arch, but man, it felt like it. Uh, what so, a coincidence. It's like, hey, Arch, ex- you're good. Exactly. We might do this for you, too. <laughs> so, yeah, he was in the house at Ole Miss this past week. So, I don't know. Did they win or lose? They won. Uh, they, they won. Yep, they yeah. won. 
So okay. All right. Yeah. Well, there we go, folks. Creighton has Baylor winning. I have Texas winning. And uh, if Texas loses, Creighton, you're kicked off the podcast. So <laughs> let's myself. move on to a let's move on to basketball now. Um, what what in the world is going on in Austin, Mike? I like I said in the intro, this. I'm excited for Texas basketball, and I haven't had gotten to say that for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. Holy cow. So for those of you who might have been living under a rock or in a coma, uh, Texas lost to Abilene Christian in the first round of the uh, March Madness tournament back in March of this year. And, that feels uh, like a lifetime ago. It does feel like a lifetime ago. It really does. And I'm sorry for even bringing it back up, folks. You can yell at <laughs> me all you want. Uh so after that, we all knew Shaka was con. Like, there was mm-hmm. no way you could keep Shaka after that. But we were like, who are we going to get? There's really nobody. And boom, we secure Chris Beard from Texas Tech, who had said that Lubbock was going to be his home. I feel, yeah, no, let him, let him astray. He said he wasn't going. How quick... How quick the tables turn. Oh, you know? how the turntables. It's amazing what money and power will do to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Chris Beard comes to Texas and immediately builds a powerhouse. That's all. I, that's the only way I can describe it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Got every like every big name transfer that anybody was going after. He Cray- took them all. Creighton, why don't you enlighten us? Well, who did he pick up? Who did he bring uh, in? I'll leave the best for last, but... He, uh, Devin Askew from Kentucky, uh, as a transfer, 6'3 guard. This kid can really play. Go check his tape. Uh, he's gritty. And then obviously Timmy Allen from Utah, another, uh, great forward, tall guy, 6'6, well, relatively tall, uh, but for college that'll work. And then, uh, Dylan Disu from Vanderbilt, who's 6'9. Who was only a three star, but I mean, in his time, I mean, I really like what he uh, brought to the table there. And then the three big ones, uh, first off with Christian Bishop from uh, from Creighton, which he was honestly, I mean, you could argue was like one of their top two players, if not their top three. This kid was legit six seven. I mean, this guy is going to come in and immediately impact uh, these these guys that these these three guys I'm naming off right now might. If not, start uh, will possibly start at the beginning of the season. Trey Mitchell from U, uh, UMass. Uh, Trey Mitchell is is unbelievable at center, and of course the biggest get the number one transfer coming uh, really out of anywhere is Marcus Carr, Minnesota, and that was the one that everybody was trying uh, to get. He's a point guard, and he go go look at his highlights from his past time with the Golden Gophers. You'll see why everybody wanted him. He was somebody that if I think if Shaka was still there, we wouldn't get him. Not no, not a knock on Shaka. I just don't think that Marcus Carr would have felt the direction of the program was going was going to be right for him to, uh, to succeed. But nonetheless, Chris Beard comes in and grabs the biggest transfer, actually top three transfers in the entire portal. And that Beautiful. is... I, I don't I hope people understand how hard that is to do. It's hard to get one of those guys. Chris Beard got three and overall six solid like dudes. And like you can make an argument 
that almost the like four out of these six guys are going to start. I mean, because you still have like Andrew Jones and all those guys coming back, but yeah, Andrew Jones, Chris Beard didn't did did like probably the best job in a transfer portal I've ever seen to the point where you can make your own team off of the guys he just got from that. Would you would you say we're not going to see Courtney Ramey? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His play down the stretch last season really pissed it's, me it's off. Just, it's just wild. It's just all over the place is what so it is. So bad. Yeah, no, yeah. he's literally all over the place. His ball handling was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it's pretty. Atrocious. Turn- oh, remember all the, all the turnovers. The, all the turnovers. <laughs> all the turn. Yeah, so it's going to be, I will say this about this Texas team. You're gonna have to earn your starting spot on this yep. on this one because Marcus Carr, if he will obviously be starting, so will Trey Mitchell. I would assume Christian Bishop too. So that takes three guys out. Uh, you're gonna have to fight for your other two spots there because these guys are not gonna give. They're they're not gonna give them up easily. Uh, Timmy Allen is gonna be you know have an opportunity to be there too. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, this will be good, though. This is good, uh, before we continue on with the recruiting, just in terms of transfer, this is good for the guys returning to Texas. Like, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to really work hard to, like, get playing time. And you know Chris Beard, that's who he is as a coach. Like, he, he rewards the hardest workers. That's who, that's his personality. It was at Tech. And, uh, Shout out to him. He said he was going to come in and start grabbing guys right off the bat. And, like, he didn't. Like, it took a month, maybe two. And you keep thinking, like, hey, like, can it get any better than this? And it, it does. It does. It does. Indeed. Oh, happy day, Creighton. Oh, happy <laughs> day on the 40 acres. And when you talk about recruiting, um, Texas already had picked up um, – What's his name? Arterio Morris from Dallas Kimball. Um, and then recently, I believe it was either Sunday or Monday. It was, I can tell you, it was, what's today? We're doing this podcast at the wee hours of a Tuesday. <laughs> so, the, wee, uh, the wee hours of it a was Tuesday. A, it, it, was, it was Monday at 5 o'clock. Yeah, that's usually when, guys. Yeah, it was Monday at 5. So yesterday, well, if any, when y'all listen feels, to this podcast, Monday feels, at five. feels like hours ago. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah. But we picked up five-star shooting forward Dylan Mitchell, who chose the Longhorns over Florida State and Tennessee. We're we're just we're, it's like Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet. We're just plucking stones and just putting them in our gauntlet here. I mean, yeah, it's it's remarkable. There's a uh, there's a the stat for that. Uh, if you for people that don't uh, to really put into terms of like how big it is that Texas Chris Beard actually got two of the top thirty guys in the nation. Uh, the last time that that happened was uh, Jared Allen and uh, Andrew Jones together. Jared Allen, who is a lottery pick and is one of the best players in the NBA right now in terms of defense, uh, and then. Of course, Andrew Jones, who's still on the team, who had an amazing year last year. And then you had uh, Joseph and uh, Tristan Thompson, uh, Corey Joseph and Tristan Thompson, who, if you remember that team, anybody, uh, that team got all the way up to a number one ranking in the nation. And those yep. are two. Tristan Thompson was a uh, the fourth overall pick and played with the Cavs for a very long time. Like, he was a staple in their team. So that shows you what 
kind of guys you're getting out of Arterio Morris and Dylan Mitchell when you are uh, drafting, I mean drafting, when you're recruiting uh, in the top 30. It only happens so often. It's it, it, it's happened literally only twice in Texas. And those two times, it's resulted in a number one team at one point. And then uh, when it comes to like with Jared Allen, who's an all-NBA talent, and then Andrew Jones, who's on the team last year, even though they did lose in the first round, that team got all the way up to a three seed, one of the best teams that we've had in a while. So what you need to know about Dylan Mitchell, honestly, is two words, Mount Verde Academy. The fact that he's coming from there, always those guys are a different breed, I swear. Uh, you, there's just count, anybody, there's so many people in the NBA that are from Mount Verde Academy. That is like the gold standard. And hey, there's there's you want to know three guys that played at Monteverde? Say what? You want to know three guys that played at Monteverde, big in Please? the league? Please. Joel Embiid. Yes. Okay, this one and eh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. No, but D'Angelo Russell was an amazing college player. Yes, he was. And then Ben Simmons. <laughs> hey, Ben Simmons was a good player in LSU. <laughs> this the rest of the team sucked. So, yeah, no, no, no. He was good at LSU, and then you know the NBA. That's all that matters. We don't care about what happened in the NBA. There you and go. All that matters yeah, is so. that Dylan comes in here and kicks ass at Texas. Yeah, no, so. no, no. He's going to be very like it. It it it's good to see that people from Mount Verde are recognized. Kids from Mount Verde usually go to Kentucky, Kansas, Duke. It, they rarely come to Texas, so like that's a big deal. Um, the fact that we got two guys uh, in the top thirty that are. And the top 10 in their positions uh, is really, really nice. I mean, when they come next year, they're probably going to start. Like, the, they, they're that good. And so Chris Beard has completely changed the dynamic of this team from being like, oh, Texas, you know, we sh- we have okay talent, but we can find a way to win to being literally we might be better than Kansas at this point. I actually, I would say that we are technically better than Kansas with all of our transfers and how we're recruiting. So that's a big I'll agree statement. with you. <laughs> I will agree with you. So um, so Creighton, uh, real quick, tell me about this uh, number five ranking in the preseason polls. I mean, who did you see this happening? I didn't see this happening. Number I had number f- five? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I I will say that I had a it, I had a feeling probably because it seemed like all all signs reporting towards it, but uh, it, it's rightfully earned uh, because if you think about it, I mean, really, the only reason I would say Texas isn't it. I mean, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to like get too like crazy and get hopes up and whatnot. But um, the the only reason why Texas isn't like a number one, I would say, is because teams uh, are returning like a Villanova, like a Kansas. I personally think Kansas is a little uh, overrated. I get why they're at two. Uh, and then, of course, Gonzaga is number one because uh, they're returning a lot of guys and they're in the championship game. And UCLA, you saw what those kids could do in the Final Four uh, and the Elite Eight. And they're expecting them to be good. We'll see if they can continue the magical run they had. They should. But, yeah, no, Texas has every opportunity to be if not as good or better than the guys above them and i think that that is something to be said because it this one this time around with chris beard 
it it seemed it because like shock has had high rankings before but always seemed phony you know this time it seems for real yeah no i agree it's it's that feeling like we said with sark it's that feeling of this is real this is a genuine guy this is a good coach and hopefully he's able to just turn this program around not that this program was in shambles we won the big 12 last year i mean uh, we sure did the big, 12, the, the big 12 tournament yeah so um we just couldn't get it done in the postseason <laughs> that's really that's really weird honestly you say it's so it's like, so like weird. that's how bad that loss was was that you forget that we actually won the conference tournament the big, yeah. something that a lot and of people I, haven't do haven't done because kansas won it so many years in a row yeah, see, and I didn't get a hat. I was going to get a hat, too, but now I don't want to remember that season because mm-hmm. of what happened afterwards. So, mm-hmm. um, But, and it's funny, real quick, Shaka could perform in the regular season, sucked in the postseason. Tom Herman sucked in the mm-hmm. regular season, mm-hmm. performed in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So hopefully. That's weird, man. I know. That's hopefully weird. we're out of so hopefully, hopefully we're Chris out of that. And, yeah, hopefully we're out of that. Um, but I, I have a good feeling about Chris. I really do. Um, and it's, it's good to see. coaches s- around him. Yeah. So. It's, it's good to see you know, that he uh, he's making an impact so quick. And I think a lot of Texas fans in any sport have been just longing for that. Uh, and that's really nice to see because, like, let's be honest, we want Steve Sarkeesian to win now, like, undefeated right now, and uh, it's not happening, which it's fine, but it's kind of irritating, but, like, it's really cool to now, if Chris Beard goes, like, oh, and 30, whatever, I'll give you that, but as of, <laughs> right, as of right now with the recruiting just in that aspect and who he's got coming in as transfers, who you know will not be bust, uh, he, I mean, it, it. He's arguably made the mo- arguably has made the most impact as a new head coach that I think any any other than maybe, well, no, not even like I mean, Matt Brown didn't. I mean, DKR maybe. I mean, that's a long time ago though. It, yeah, that's it's a while ago. But I, I see yeah. what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. Yeah. So. Uh, that'll do it, folks. There's another edition of the Bevo Boys. We'll see you all bright and early Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Texas take on take on Baylor. Wake up early. Texas game day on the Longhorn Network, as always. Those guys are great. We've oh, sang their praises them. before on this podcast. They're great. Um, would love to they, work on that. They deserve show, an actually. Emmy. They deserve an Emmy. They're unbelievable. Uh, I know, and it's, know. Oh, it's overlooked because it's the Longhorn Network, so only Longhorn fans watch it. Everyone that watches is true. Kirk Herbstreit give his Kirk Herbstreit give his terrible opinions <laughs> about Caleb Williams being a Heisman candidate after a game and I a don't half. Give, I just don't. I, yeah, Oklahoma, man. I don't. I, don't get, I mean, whatever they got going on, maybe maybe they're cheating. I don't know, but I just want I, whatever they got. <laughs> I, I, well, we all saw that play on Saturday with Caleb <laughs> yes. Williams just ripping the ball from his running back because he was getting number one. That play should have been blown dead, and yep. people uh, call it, he calls himself a college football fan, but uh, <laughs> he he went to Oklahoma State. Like he was like you know the 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 play that they've been slow to pl- uh, blow plays dead all day. That's so it was not just par for the course. Um, that's not an excuse. <laughs> That's not an excuse. Yeah, no. Guy that's was not going how backwards. He was going backwards. Forward progress was stopped. Like it no, only happens to them. Like only happens to them. Well, it doesn't yeah, like... and here, well here, 
it's it's all about the money, folks. Who's the best chance to get in the playoff for oh, yeah, the Big 12? Joe has been saying this so for formal. years. I don't think you're ever going to change Joe's mind on this. Joe does honestly believe that they're trying to get Oklahoma in the playoff because it'll generate revenue. I mean, you've been saying it's, that for not, a solid time. So, and so I think I think we're going to – I bet you when, when OU moves to the SEC and Texas for that matter – there's going to be a lot less calls going OU's way because the SEC don't care. The SEC doesn't need OU in the playoff. They don't need a team in the playoff because they, they got Alabama and Georgia. Like they can. That will be interesting to see. That they can play every. They can be. They can play everything straight up. And yeah. you know they'll, they can the still chips, get three teams. They'll probably in. get two teams. Yeah. Yeah, they can get two. two th- yeah, they, they can they get. Could, two at least. I mean, yeah, two at least, and then there will be an argue for a third one, but. Yeah, no, if that if that starts happening, then Oklahoma's going to have a tough time because, I mean, even, like, guys like Alabama, like, who have had a run for so long, they don't even get that lucky. They're, you know, they mostly, most of the time, they just win because they're that good. I mean, Oklahoma's run is good because there's a lot of, they, they, they luck up a fair amount of the time. They have lucked out, they lucked out against Nebraska, <laughs> they lucked out against West Virginia, they lucked out against Texas because we couldn't figure ourselves out in the second half. They lucked out against Kansas because Kansas was dry. Can't, if Kansas had stopped them on fourth down, I, I wholeheartedly believe they would have went down and scored. I I totally believe that too because there was no reason why it wouldn't. That have Oklahoma defense could not stop Kansas. No, nope. hardly ever mm-hmm. that day. Nope, they were terrible. so the way they were Swiss cheese. So before we ended the podcast, and now that we're just kind of like on the subject for the next minute. Oklahoma, if it were to end today, would play Georgia. I would, I would bet probably five grand that Georgia would win that game, forty-two to zero. I, I, I would double your bet. I would actually put yeah. my college loans on it. I would. Mm. I don't think Oklahoma There's would no, score no. a single point against Georgia. I not that defense. No. Not. Caleb Williams is good. He ain't that good, not yet. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I, yeah, I hope I hope for the sake of the sake of college football, we don't get that matchup. For uh, if anything, if Oklahoma's going to get it, just put them at three so they can at least play Cincinnati or something like that. Also, I think never mind. Anyways, well, then, no, no. Then then they're gonna then they're gonna beat Cincinnati and be like, oh, we're oh, national championship right. contending right. team. All right, we no, just, but it's better yeah. to. It's better to leave them where they are, um, which is the perennial doormat for the first round of the college football playoff, and uh, you know give whoever they're playing an easy road to the championship. So yeah, that's so, true. That know, is true. Go Georgia, I guess. College football is getting real dicey up, though, man, so. with the way it's at the top ten. Hey, man, we could, we could, we could, we could say you know if Oklahoma loses to Georgia, hey, we beat Georgia when we played them. So. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> Wrap the podcast up. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I tried. I tried. Well, I'll do it, folks. We'll see how we do against Baylor. Texas basketball right around the corner. But until next week, I'm Joe Scanlon. That was Creighton Branch. Always remember the eyes of Texas are upon you. And hook them.